0: Here at the Bounce of the Ball, we'd like to acknowledge the Warramaya people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening.
1: I
2: see it, I see it. (laughs) What do
1: you think
0: of that? I think our defense was amazing. Okay, welcome back to Bounce of the Ball. It's episode 33 this week. Uh, As the usual custom, let's go through the players who have worn number 33. Only the greats this week, I'd say, or a few greats in there anyway. So I'll start us off with Earl
2: Monroe. Oh Monroe, I'm gonna go uh Alonzo Morning. Big Zoe. Big big Zoe. I'm gonna go
0: the man himself from the double three Pete. Six championships at Chicago, Scottie Pippen. Oh,
2: you mean Mr. Bitter? I'm gonna go Mr. Grand Hill. I'm gonna go the man that rivaled your man from last week. The one, the only, Mister Larry Bird. That man was a problem, wasn't he? A problem. A big problem. And to round it off, I'm going to go for the biggest legend on this list: a certain Mister Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the man himself. Man. So a little fun
0: fact about Kareem: the NAAC back in the day when he was competing at college tournament level, uh, decided to create the Alcindor Rule, which. Um, Yeah, essentially banned Kareem and any other player from dunking. Kareem was so um, prolific and dominant as a basketball player back in college times that they banned him from dunking, which led to him inventing the unguardable and unblockable skyhook. So, yeah, nice work, NAAC. Okay. Well, they just made him a better player, didn't they? Mate, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty amazing, but to do that, yeah. We'll ban you from um, dunking, but he's like, not a problem. Hold my beer. Too easy. Okay, on with the show. So on this episode, we're going to have a look at the NBA finals and have a little question to pose to Matt. Was Jimmy Buckets robbed of the MVP? Um, the Panthers dominate despite missing six of their players to origin duties. They were playing the lowly Bulldogs, but still, missing <laughs> 60-year starters should make more of a significant impact than what it did on the Panthers. Um, the Tigers, they have sacked their coach today, and also the Warriors have let their coach go as well after he informed them yesterday that um, he will not be following them over to New Zealand when they return. Um, what an idiot. Liverpool, Liverpool. Sorry, mate. You're going to have to inform us of how they went in the UEFA Cup final against Real Madrid and we'll round it off with a bit of Origin talk and some predictions about the NBA finals and Origin coming up tomorrow night. Okay, let's get on with the show. Okay, so starting us off with NBA talk, and we've had the finals play out over the last couple of days. The Golden State Warriors and the Celtics are duking it out in the finals. So, you know, I'm not a fan of either, to be honest. Um, I actually – everyone loves and raves about Steph. I don't know about you, bro, but I am not a fan at all of Steph and his antics. Yeah, yeah a lot of people rave on about him, but his defense is atrocious, man. Like he, he, can't be up there with the greats of all time with that kind of defense, but his shooting is prolific. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go past that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So game one, everyone had golden state of the favorites because of Steph's shooting and clay and Draymond and, you know, the old, you know, championship dynamic that they used to have back in the day, a couple of seasons ago for all the injuries. Um, and it looked like they were going to do it. They had that, you know, that um, I suppose you call it the customary Golden State Warriors third quarter, you know, surge where they try and put a team to bed. And the Warriors, they just couldn't put away Boston throughout the. day well, they, they had a good old crack at it, but Boston just kind of stayed in touch throughout the first game, and then Boston came out and they sunk. Every freaking open shot they had. And they outscored the Warriors 40-16 to in uh, the fourth quarter of that first game. And so you had Marcus Smart and Al Horford just sinking threes at will. So, yeah, when that happens, it's pretty rough. Um, And there was a point in the fourth quarter where the Warriors went eight minutes on
2: their home court without
0: scoring a bucket.
2: As I always say, bro, you live by the three, you die by the three. Exactly. And that's what was happening you know
0: um so kind of shocked everyone made everyone kind of reassess and reevaluate where they're at and then we had game two yesterday and the Warriors just blew the Celtics off the court (laughs) so Celtics stayed in it for the first two quarters as they did in the first game it was very much a carbon copy of the first game the first three quarters but the Celtics just had no answer in the back end of the third and the fourth um Marcus Smart and Alf Horford did not play as well in this game. They only scored two points each.
2: Are you really surprised about Al Horford only scoring two points though? A little bit, a little
0: bit. Um, he's been actually really dominant this year and kind of like a really consistent go-to guy for them. Um, Draymond was allowed to act like a fool by the referees and they were openly heard on the mic saying he's already got one tack so I'm going to officiate him differently. So that's an interesting thing to hear on an open mic, on a hot mic from a referee, while
2: they're officiating over a decision. You know what, though? They are only human, and they read everything that we read. They see everything that we see as well. And yeah, it was one of the older, older refs. I forget his name as well, but he was one of the older ones, and he's like,
0: he, he's been in the league for quite a while now. I think this is his like 16th year. So he kind of understands, like one of the younger, one of the younger refs, I think, may have ejected Draymond from that game. So he's kind of like reading, you know, reading the room and see
2: what he can do with
0: the refs and how they're going to officiate him. So you know,
2: look, the way I see it is, there's those old videos of refs um, when Michael was at the Wizards, right at the tail end of his career, and um, he pretty much said, "Oh, Mike, I didn't see a foul there." And he's like, oh, yeah, but because you said... Because so you said, you, yeah, I'm going to gonna believe you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, that's sport. um, And you just have to live with it. Like, I don't really have an issue with it. He didn't want to kill the game. He didn't want one of the better players on that team gone. Um, Should he have said it on a hot mic? Maybe not. But it, it is the way it is, unfortunately, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I kind of like don't bother that he was it like that but at the same
2: time Draymond was allowed to it has to go
0: it has to be wine
2: yeah and everyone knows that's Draymond he's that real high energy high and highly emotional type of guy like what do you do yeah exactly exactly maybe yeah so take um check that early on I, I don't know you yeah well he did really push it early he
0: came out just whiling out bro like he was losing it he was um really really pushing the, bench the tech yeah, and then he energy. was allowed to carry on and like really have his say about getting wow. that tech as well yeah. where i've seen through this year that just be a double tech straight away. see you later i'm not going to put up with that but because it's a oh, to home it's court final. yeah exactly they were allowed to they allowed it they allowed him to yeah, um play that mind game i suppose mm-hmm. so um Warriors end up blowing them away. Their final score was 107 to 88. So they yeah. leveled up the series 1 1 and they head off to Boston now for game three. Um, I believe that's tomorrow.
2: I think so too. What I, I find funny it, about yeah. that what I find funny about that score line is that everyone's been raving about the Celtics defense.
0: Yeah. Uh though they, they did hold them to 107, which is kind of a low score for the Warriors, they only had 88. And that was off the back of some terrible shooting themselves. So, Mm. hmm, interesting how that will pan out moving forward. Okay, so the other day was the Eastern Conference final. Um, It looked like the Heat were going to get blown off the court. And then somehow we found ourselves in the last 30 seconds of the game, um, Heat been down by three points. Mm-hmm. Um they blocked, I believe, or just well guarded a shot that uh the Celtics put up. Celtics couldn't buy a bucket at the back end of that game. And um yeah, they came back down the court. Al Horford backing up towards the rim. Jimmy Bucket found Jimmy Buckets found himself open on the three point line and just pulled up and decided to take the dagger shot. Um he did miss, did rim out. Um, the Celtics go on to win the game. The fact that the Heat were even there is astonishing in my mind. Uh, after the game, Jason Tatum was awarded the MVP for the Eastern Conference final yep. series. Uh, but debate did ensue. One vote was actually cast by the official voters for Jimmy Buckets. It was by Tim Bonnettamps. Um I'm Tim Bontemps. I mean, Um, I agree with him entirely. I think that Jimmy Butler completely deserved the MVP for the series. Like, it required a team effort by the Celtics to beat a broken ass Heat and Jimmy Butler. Mm Hmm. Yeah, Do you want me to keep on like building my case here? Is there is there really any need to build a case? Well, so Jimmy Buckets basically fused himself into MJ and LeBron at one point in that series, uh, despite having to limp through games three and four on one knee, nearly single-handedly dragging Miami to the NBA Finals. Um, so he put up, what, 40-point games and 38-point games. Did... It was insane what he was doing. Um, what else is in there? Yeah, and like I said, 17 seconds left. Like he makes that bucket. And dude, everyone's praising him. He's for sure the MVP. Why does it mean why does it only have to be he makes that bucket for him to be the MVP? He's done everything else necessary, I think, to tick all the boxes. There is this isn't a precedent. It's the first, it's like. There has been one other time in NBA history uh, where a player has been awarded the MVP in a final series and been on the losing side. You know who that player is? Yes? Yep. Yes. Mr. Jerry West. He's the only player. Um, uh, (laughs) That actually is one of the uh, plot devices used in winning time. (laughs) he loses his shit about the trophy and smashes it quite often in the first couple of episodes um yeah but i've got a feeling that you do not agree with me so
2: i sit down and i think okay where have the celtics actually come from this season let's look at the body of work like let's not just focus on that last few games um, and i know what's you're going to say but it's what's all about that got to do the with the mvp of the series because Tatum still averaged, what, 25 points a game, eight total rebounds a game or something like that, and five assists. Like, he's no scrub, and he took his team from, a, like, they were under 500 for so much of that season all the way through to the finals, and he got up on it. He
0: single-handedly carry his team through the finals series, but, like, Jimmy Butler end- had to do. Bam at a bayou was, like, MIA. Don't forget that. Jimmy though. Buckets was dealing with, like, no Tyler Hero. He had no three-point shooters, basically. Strauss was stepping up from time to time. Um, Lowry, I don't even know what was happening
2: with Lowry. So. Did you see the um, thing about Kyle that came out today? No. That he um, he's come undone because he's failed the, the Miami Heat's um, thing about only having 18% body fat. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I digress. Um, look, the NBA do not like to give the finals MVP to a guy on the losing team. As you said, they haven't I done get it. That. But if the that man's learned it, then why not? Well, you could say the same thing. LeBron should have won finals MVP in that season when he went absolutely ape ship lost the Warriors. And they gave it to Draymond, didn't he? Or oh, no, to Iggy because he was guarding he LeBron. Him because he was guarding LeBron and LeBron's still
0: <laughs> averaged 28 him. points.
2: LeBron <laughs> scorched him.
0: <laughs> we well, he didn't oh, scorch yeah. him, but he averaged 28 he points on him, him and that was enough. 30, like... And that was enough to contain him because LeBron had no other help. And this is the point. Like LeBron probably should have been awarded the MVP of that series.
2: I know. All I'm saying is that's how... I, I
0: think all you're doing is actually supporting my argument with your counter-argument
2: here. No, all I'm... no there's no counter-argument to it. They don't give it to the guy on the losing team, full stop. Yes, Jimmy went apeshit, but Tatum played extremely well as well, and he dragged his team over the line. Yeah,
0: so listen, I, th- I think that Jason Tatum was deserving of the award. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. just feel that Jimmy Butler was more deserving of the award for the feat that he had to achieve to even have his team in the game with 30 seconds left in game seven
2: hmm. fair enough mate as i said my perspective a is a three-pointer
0: away from being a hero mvp and it's a make or miss into league. the finals make or miss league. i know you didn't make it pat Beverley. i'll believe that <laughs> pat beverly i don't believe that <laughs> <laughs> only pat beverly would ask you to argue that it's not a make or miss league uh, it doesn't make much okay. what do you
2: expect um
0: okay so sorry jimmy i couldn't convince the man but you had my vote bro you had my vote okay so that takes us to nrl talk um my friend we had a short round last weekend. I went pretty good actually with the tipping. Um, all except when it came to the Canberra and Sydney Roosters game. I tipped the Roosters, unfortunately. I thought I actually cancel. I right. thought they cancelled each other out. And yeah, Canberra yeah. played a really good game, actually. Um, Sydney were a bit there, they really missed Tedesco when he's not there. He does so much for that team, and they rely on him so much.
2: Um, Who but you, my friend, wrestling? you got Make your way
0: one. out. To the foot of the mountain, and you went and watched Penrith versus the Bulldogs.
2: Oh, mate, what a game! What a game. Um, so you informed me that you're now a Penrith fan. Oh, you gotta be, mate. How can you not be? Nah, in reality, um, when you sit there and you're watching pretty much half a reserve grade team come up against a first grade team in key positions, mind you. And taken to the cleaners, mate, it says a lot about where the Bulldogs are at and how good a team the Panthers are. It was a really good game of football.
0: Yeah. So structurally, what do the teams look like? Um, Because it's always interesting being at the game. You don't tend to see it on television when you're watching it. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah, so what, what did you take away from that? that the Bulldogs don't really know what they're doing. They literally just shift the ball left and then the halfback looks up and they shift it right. You don't see, I didn't see very many patterns of play. It didn't look as though they had much of an idea as to what they were doing. So it doesn't um, look like they're building an attack or anything. They're just kind of going through the motions. They're literally going left and then they're going right and then they're expecting a moment of magic from a player. Um, so they're looking for something to open
0: up in front of them that's not there Yeah
2: instead well, of creating it, essentially. Panthers' line speed is really good. And defensively, yeah. they're a solid team, which surprises me, as I said, when you don't have six first-grade players playing, for you to still have the same line speed. and to still- Yeah, but
0: these guys, they train against the first-grade team all yeah. the time. You know what I mean? Like, just to think about the kind of blokes they'd be knocking on the door to get into the Penrith team, they make it in the mm-hmm. first-grade team in every other team, I'd say. Because of that, you know, that, Tossling for positions, that competition for places. There'd be um, a level of excellence that'd be being achieved there, a
2: training that just wouldn't be achieved at any other club. There is, but as I said, you're coming up against first grade players. And yes, the Bulldogs had guys who have been left out of the squad, so on and so forth. But as I said, you're coming up against actual first grade players. They're not Rezis. Um, yeah. You would think. I thought, honestly, I believe that they would actually have run. They should have won that. The Bulldogs, in my opinion, on paper, should have won that game.
0: Yeah, I probably. Um, I didn't tip them though. I, I I'm still not confident. How could you? I know. Uh, well, you know, six players missing: Addo Carr, Burton. You know, it. it they, on paper, like you said, that they,
2: they should have been more of a chance than what they were remember when I spoke to you after on, I think it was Sunday, wasn't it? No, Saturday when I spoke to you, um, when I got back home and I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, um, you're watching at a car, just standing on the wing, on his haunches, killed over, just, he He's not getting himself involved enough, especially in a game like that where he's a rep player, who some people say should still be playing rep football. On that showing, there's no way he should even come close to playing rep football, in my opinion. Well, people think he was robbed of his um origin spot. So not if you're at the ground and you're watching him do that crap. I'm sorry, but if you want to play rep football, show that everyone that you are a rep player. And everyone's going to argue, yeah, but he's a winger and all this other stuff. When he was in Melbourne, he used to come off that wing all the time and get himself involved. Yes, he scored, what, a couple of tries, I think it was, wasn't it? But that's not enough. Like, just standing on the wing waiting for the ball to hit in the chest and sprinting is not enough. Yeah.
0: He did score two tries that night. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like you said, in the end, it was not enough. Uh, Panthers ended up winning that game 30 to 18. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, other games of the round: uh, North Queensland pretty much sorted out. The Titans they won. The Cowboys won thirty-two to six. Um, Manly absolutely decimated the Warriors, forty-four to twelve. Um, and like I said before, Canberra beat the Roosters twenty-two sixteen. Um, some quick news just before we move on to Liverpool talk: um, Nathan Brown has stepped down. Uh, immediately, well, he got sacked actually today. Uh, he did inform the club that he will not be going to New Zealand with them when they return home. And, uh, yeah, wouldn't be staying with them next year as the coach. And they've decided to move on quickly from him. And they've relieved him of his duties this morning. And also Madge McGuire, Tigers head coach, my favourite team. Um, after three and a half years of absolute drama, injuries. Um, shit house rosters and a lot of, yeah, I, I've got a soft spot for Maj. I don't think he was fairly done by it, but um, he's been let go by the club today. Uh, so two coaches in one day. It's unprecedented by the NRL, but um, yeah, here we are. I have had a chat this afternoon with Rob Bashara uh, from the West Life podcast. Uh, I'll put that clip on here now for you to have a listen to, and then we'll come back and have a bit of a talk. to the ball. Uh this is West Tigers Talk. I'm your host Rob A, as usual. And um I've got my good friend from over at West Tigers uh sorry West Life podcast to come over and have a chat to me about well what was speculation about Madge but in the last hour has turned out to be speculation no
1: more. Um, welcome along Rob Shara. How are you mate? Rob A and Rob B. Good to be here mate. Yeah. How are you?
0: And we're back together Rob A and Rob B. Yeah uh, <laughs>
1: In the right order,
0: oh, mate, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was going to get you on to talk about this speculation that's been brewing in the media about Madge, but as I just mentioned an hour, an hour ago, news broke. Madge is no more the head coach of the West Tigers. Um, shed a tear for Madge. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get right into it, but um, I've got a bit of a timeline I've put together, and then um, yeah, I'll just throw it over to you your opinion on the sacking in that and then like we'll have a bit of a discussion about this kind of I know I will say theory, but I'm like I'm just putting some pieces together. You know, like that crazy dude out of um Although sunny in Philadelphia and he's got that conspiracy theory up on the wall thing. So <laughs> so yesterday we'll okay we'll start actually we'll go to the off season review is where it all started. Madge was uh, put under the pump after that poor performance against the Bulldogs at the end of last year. Uh, What resulted from that was Hardigan getting sacked. Sheen's out of being promoted into his position um, and Madge was safe in inverted commas. Uh, The the year started not too well. 0-5 start. We had them nice two back-to-back one-point wins um, over Parramatta and South, so good teams. But, um, yeah, that followed up with two back-to-back losses and then we had a win to the Dogs. Um, Then... So all this, throughout all this, we've had a bit of media speculation and also Madge has been operating under, you know, injuries, uh, injury heavily affected season um, thus far anyway. So we did get a few players back um, and we put in a really poor second half performance against Souths in our last game that we played. And that just led to full blown media speculation about Madge's future, Um, because as we know, And you've mentioned on your pod as well that um, there was some kind of uh, KPI put in there by the board at the start of the year about having to have uh, double-digit points by the halfway point of the season. And obviously we haven't made it there yet, Uh, only on eight points and we are at the halfway point of the season. Um, So then brings us to yesterday. We have Hooper, James Hooper, Reporting that Madge's job is safe. Three sixty goes to air. Um, Buzz Rothfield breaks the news that Madge's sack um, is going to be sacked. Um, he's coached his last game. He's most likely going to coach against Manly, and they'll be sacked following that game. Um, the reason they've taken so long is because Tim Sheens has been ill. Uh, then um, you did mention this on the podcast last night, but um. There also managed to be a little segment uh, when they came back from the ad break that Paul Kent um, did say that he called um, Madge in between the ad break. And he said that he'd been with Shanzi all day long. There hadn't been a whisper of any of this. He had no intention of going anywhere and he was going to fight for his position. So that kind of put that speculation to bed on there on the air at the time. Um, Quite odd. (laughs) And then, yeah, that brings us to today, where we have Michael Maguire sacked just an hour ago. Um, your thoughts on the sacking, mate?
1: Where do I start, mate? It's just such a big, uh, absolute big mess. Look, as, as I've said numerous times on on Westlife podcast, uh, the last couple of weeks, I expected it to be Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I can't, I'm leaning towards Tuesday because of State of Origin being tomorrow. So you can only talk about it for a limited time. When you've got the biggest game of the year so far uh, coming up, you know this is going to sort of drown all that madge-sacking noise out and take a little bit bit of heat off the club uh, by yeah. the state of origin. So basically for the next 48 hours, the club will escape. And then by then it really won't be – it'll be almost ancient news, you know, by Thursday night, Friday morning. And then there'll be other games to watch and preview and what have you. And we, and we might have kind of – uh, slide under the radar radar, so to speak but uh, I was actually messaging a mate today and he goes you know what do you think and I just said mate I'm surprised he's not sacked today but I really thought it wasn't going to happen because yeah. it had just been too quiet but I actually said it, it really should have happened by today. I didn't expect it to happen later in the week because at the end of the day the team has a game to um, pardon my fingers moving guys I got messages coming through left right and centre um, yeah right. I, I really didn't Mine's expect been. it to happen Thursday or Friday because we've got a game to prepare for so when it didn't yeah, happen exactly. last week, I just said it had to happen Monday or Tuesday. Uh, how do I feel about it? I'm extremely disappointed. Uh, I understand the fans will say, you know, look, Rob, he's had four and a half years. He's, you know, we've come 9th, 11th, 13th. We're sitting in 15th. I get all that. I, I, I'm i not trying to make excuses for him, but I do believe there are really extenuating circumstances for that. I, I believe he basically had to deal with a, ham, a, a hamstrung salary cap where we really couldn't go out and get players. Uh, one of his faults has been that he can't attract players. I would counteract that and say, well, maybe he couldn't get those players because of who runs the club and who the administration are. Like, they don't exactly have a track record either. If Madge is deemed to have been a coach, and I and I, I don't believe this, but they say that he couldn't develop players. And as I've mentioned on Westlife, you know, Luciano Leilua was half a game arty when he was with St. George. He busts out 80 minutes.
0: I just lost the audio. Back. Yeah, sorry, mate. The phone, the phone
1: rang. Uh, 2019, 2019, we had the best version of Ryan Madison that we've probably seen until the last month. Uh, I didn't think Jock Madden was a first grader at the start of the year. Look at him now. He's developed and he looks like he can manage a game and, and do some really good things. So... I don't take that on board. They say that Madge couldn't delegate authority to other people around him. Well, he seems to have done that this year. All these things that Michael Maguire is allegedly not able to do, where was the club's due diligence on all that, that he trains his players too hard, that he can't develop players, that he doesn't delegate, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of the day, Rob, if it's you and me, and even if we hire three or four dud people, and, they, and it's not, you know, they just do a bad job no matter who we hire. At the end of the day, we've got to take a bit of blame for that and say, you know what, we're hiring the wrong people. Now, I'm not saying Madge was the wrong person. In fact, I think the club got it right by hiring him. I don't think there's anyone within that organisation that represents the West Tigers like him. I, I don't think any other coach could have worked under a board that didn't trust him, didn't back him. His focus was so driven and determined. And even as recently as last week, we can make a run home and win a lot of games. Like, he never wavered from his belief. He didn't play players like David Nofaluma to save his job because he he had his values and his morals set. And he thought, you know what? This guy didn't do the right thing by protocol. Love David Nofaluma. I've got no issue with him. But I'm just saying, in terms of his professionalism, he did a bad thing. And Madge didn't want to just cover his own ass and save his own job by playing him. You know, he just said, you know what? This is the wrong thing for the club. He always looked to the future. He could have kept Benji Marshall last year, for example, and won a lot more games. And we would have been in a better position. And then where would we have been this year with no, would no have Benji? To the detriment
0: of Luke Brooks's development. So he had so he had to move him on. He understood how like, yeah, how gunshot he was when that, Benji not was that, around.
1: But Adam Dwakey as well. Adam Dwakey played 5'8 last year. Like he wouldn't have got that year at five eight until he exactly. until he got injured. Exactly. So you know he, Madge has always had a vision to the future. He's never had a great roster, but on top of not having a great roster, he inherited a bad roster. Adam Hardigan, I think, did a great job in terms of the roster management, um, getting rid of, what, at least five guys that we can think of. um, Josh Reynolds, Chris McQueen, uh, Ben Madalino, medically retired, uh, Russell Packer, uh, Embi, who we're paying a bit of money for now. There's probably one or two that escaped me. Uh, At the moment, we got in a position for next year. Like now I've spoken to Simon Cook, for example, who's on the board. He said we're in a position to buy a market player for next year. And we've already got arguably the best back rower in Isaiah Papali coming. We've got a top three hooker in Abbey Coruscant coming. So the club's in a good position. and, And if you want to attract players, you've got to have, You've got stability. to at least have stability, and this just throws everything. Now I'm getting yeah. hysteria from fans in the last, last hour of saying certain players want out. It seems to be that the hardworking players within the club love Madge, and for want of a better term, the ones that want to take it easy or have a bit of a bludge are the ones who are a bit against Madge. And to be to be fair, the ones that were a bit against that, most of them aren't there now anyway. Uh, but it's just yeah. poor timing. I, I think we've done it really well. I, I think our attacks improved. We we couldn't score a try to, you know, for a few games there and now we seem to be able to run some shape really well and strip opposition teams of numbers. Uh, our scramble defense is pretty good, although numerically our stats don't look good, Rob. I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know I don't know what they're thinking. I don't have I don't have faith in this board as a whole. I'm not gonna single out you know, like I have like I said, I've just met Simon oh, Clinton, I am. the guy I don't, don't know him really <laughs> well, but no, he, he's only one voice of, of quite a few, but basically it seems to me that from a financial point of view, the club are doing really good things now. In terms of football knowledge, they don't know what they're doing and they and yeah. I know every business, Rob, has to change its position on the run, but the, the amount of chopping and changing we've done, you know, we, we extended Madge Pryor last year. Then we were going to sack him. Then we give him a stay of execution. Now we've sacked him. We sacked Tim Sheens 10 years ago. We hired him as head of the pathway Pathways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and five minutes later, he's head of football. And, you know, we, we backed Jason Taylor over Farrah years ago. And six months later, we sacked Taylor. Uh, I know for a fact Justin Pascoe said no to Benji Marshall in 2017 or whatever it was when Mitch Moses left. Because I actually initiated contact with his manager and said, mate, give Pascoe a call. Like if Mitch Moses is moving on, maybe Benji wants to come home. So his manager rang Pasco up. Pascoe goes, his words, word for word, were, "We are going in a different direction." Four yeah. months later, Benji Marshall was back at the club, So, yeah. so it just shows Rob that He's everything, fickle. everything we do, there's just no clarity. There's no, there's no sticking to a path. And as I said, you do have to change direction from time to time. But it's on every yeah. aspect of rugby league, we we chop chop and change. Now, not that, you know, some fans will say, well, who gives us stuff if we lose players when we're coming 15th, are they that good anyway? But I think there's a potential of, some guys were very close to Michael Maguire and he's highly respected. And I think he did a great job given the amount of injuries we had this year. Sure. The South game was disappointing, but you can't be up every week. I mean, we should have been up for that week, but you just can't be up every single week and, I don't know, Rob, I'm I'm still a little bit hurt or shocked. I mean, I was expecting it and bracing myself for it, but then when it didn't happen yesterday, I thought, you know what, just got to get through today because yeah. they're not sacking him Thursday, Friday. And uh, sure enough, bang, it just came out like that. I got a message on on the Discord chat for uh, Westlife Podcast and Madge has gone. I'm like, oh, great, here we go. So, I, I feel really bad for Madge. He, he, I think he's done a, a great job under trying conditions. I really do. I mean, the results aren't there, but Sometimes that's just how the apples fall. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um my big issue at the moment when I'm just thinking about the whole thing and putting it in perspective, and like what's the point of doing it right now? If if they're gonna do it to do it at the start of the year, if not, wait till the end of the year, give the bloke a chance to at least make that run to the eight. And if he can't do it, say we're sorry, Madge. We expected the eight this year at least. When yeah, in realistic terms, that was probably an improbability anyway, um, especially with injuries and yeah. And that's the other thing in context of everything that he's had to go through. Um, like, so let me get this straight. Pasco
1: did he fire Potter? P- Potter, I don't think was actually he was already at the club. Pot- P- Potter's contract uh, just was like it just, just ran us to you, of course. So it just expired. Okay. So he was never renewed. The, the, the club will always get you on a technicality and say we've only ever sacked two coaches. I mean, obviously, Cleary walked out. Um, you know, so they, they yeah. sacked Sheens, they sacked Taylor. Yeah. Uh, that was it. Now they've sacked Madge. So so that's three. But Rob, I I, I kind of respect. As, you did have anything
0: to do with the sacking
1: of Sheens? Did Pasco? No, Pasco wasn't there. Pasco was there. At, uh, yeah, he was hired, so. I think, in September, October of. 2015, I met so, him. But things were ver- very cordial to begin with, Rob, and basically within 18 months, I just realised respectfully the bloke's full of shit. And he yeah. was like contacting me, and he was contacting not just me, he was con- contacting dozens of fans to sit in his office. And when you talk to him about rugby league, you would be like, "Oh, you know, look at my centre of excellence. This is what I'm proposing." And just the guy just had no footy now house, so and he was trying to cover it by you know changing the subject and talking about other matters. So, but, but I, I think as a club, Rob, we should have um, kept Match for 18 months or sack him six months ago. If you were going to move yeah. on, I don't know what this does now. Like, if they'd have given, I, I'll be honest, I want Match to, I wanted Match to stay, but if they were going to sack him, I'd rather sack him now than at the end of the year. Keep him for 18 months or, or cut the cord now because you can't be performing with, you know, a gun at your head. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the coach. Um, he still wouldn't have had his new players yet next year. So I don't think it's fair. He just needed to be told, see out your contract and, and do the best you can. But I, I have zero faith in this board, Rob. And I, I can't. I mean, I've I've been known for having a bit of a, a grudge against them as a whole, but they are dumb. They are literally the dumbest board they are that you know, at least, at least in the bottom are, three that
0: i like you've mentioned just before, like they've picked the perfect time. They've um they've waited for this. They've like, oh, this is perfect. In between Origin and the fiasco that's happening over there at the Warriors, that's a bit of a laughing stock. They'll look like kind of credible for once by being a bit decisive with the decision, even though they've been completely indecisive with it for the last six months. And then it gets washed under the rug as Origin flows, you know, tomorrow night. So, you know, like you said before, they're good at the business side and the PR side of the thing, but I just feel like there's two factions at play here and they've brought Tim Sheens in to be kind of like a scapegoat in a sense. Like, of course, like they're saying that he's the one who's in charge of football now, but it it appears that Sheens' advice wasn't followed on this occasion and the boards voted to get rid of Madge regardless. Have you got any insight into that? that?
2: Rob,
1: Yeah, no, I have got a bit of insight into that. Um, I would say that the board... By respectfully, like it's not even respectful, no matter how I say it. I'm trying to be nice, but I can't be. The board doesn't have rugby league now. They, of course they it don't have knowledge. So I believe they So they've
0: hired Sheens want- with the Nows to make the decision, then yeah, they're not taking his correct. advice.
1: Correct. I I believe I believe they don't have any knowledge, like, like rugby league knowledge, and they put all their faith in Tim Sheens. And I'm very sure Tim Sheen's has the view that Michael Maguire can't develop players, and has he's always okay. distanced himself from the team all year? He's he's never been, you know, really putting his hand in terms of selection or anything like that. He's really he kept his distance, so he can't be blamed for any of the losses. And I believe they're going with whatever Tim Sheen said. So and and this mid-season review is an absolute. You think it of is shit. the other way around? Well, you think mate, Sheens Tim Sheen's has been one
0: of the axe here.
1: He, 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 he works there. This isn't like you or me, Rob, going in there and doing a forensic examination of a midterm review and checking what everyone's doing. Tim Sheen's is there on a day-to-day basis and he sees yeah. what's going on. So you can't tell me that, oh, he's just going to go around and do an investigation. His mind was made up. I spoke to someone last week who, you know, I'll let people try and put two and two together. I'm not going to say who it was, but he got invited to Tim Sheen's Uh, to the Canterbury game. He sat next to him at the Canterbury game. He never said anything that Tim Sheen told me, but he basically said, Rob, Madge is gone. Now, if he sat next to Tim Sheen's all game, discussed with Tim Sheen's a lot of rugby league stuff, and then came out of it and told me that Michael Maguire is going to be gone, well, then obviously, you know, he's got that from Tim. So you don't don't have to be a rocket scientist to work that out. So. I kind of knew all along that was going to happen. The only thing was, that was going to save Madge was to probably get three, three, maybe four wins in a row starting. Well, it would have been five wins in a row if you include Canterbury. But we needed to yeah. beat South. Because even what's been publicly said, Rob, is uh, you know, Michael Shamus revealed, I think, originally that we had to be on 10 points by the halfway mark of the year. And once we lost to South, that wasn't achievable, unfortunately. So, uh, but look, it's just, I don't know. It's just I, It's kind of like, dying a second death with Madge, because I kind of felt like I'd lost him six months ago. I felt like he was, you know, even basically gone last week. So I've been, I've been prepared for the worst, so to speak. I mean, look, it's only, it's only a a job, but I just think he put his heart and soul into it. Uh, Whether he's the right man, was the right man for the job or not. Well, you know, I guess time will tell with who we pick next, Rob, but that's, that's another question altogether, isn't it? Hopefully the Tigers have got who they want and it's the right person.
0: Yeah, so we've got Kamali seen us out for the rest of the year. I just found it odd in the, in the last couple of weeks how we had – it felt like there was two factions working in the front office, one pro-Maj and one anti-Maj, with the way that the media leaks were coming out because they were so – they juxtaposed at each other, man. Like, they were contradictory. I think you're right there. know what I mean? I think you're right
1: there. I've heard for a fact they were divided, uh, and, and that's probably why Madge got that stay of execution six months ago. Uh, yeah. But – you know, but I've had chats, like I spoke to Lee Hadjapentalis probably two weeks before uh, Madge got the say of execution. And the one thing that he kind of harped on, which, like I said, it was very simplistic, but he just said, Rob, we've come ninth, we've come 11th, we've come 13th, we've gone backwards. And then I kind of threw a question at him. I said, Lee, with all due respect, do you think we're going to finish better than 13th in 2022? And he goes, I'd like to think so. And I said, mate, you've got Buckleys. I said, have you looked at that thinking. squad? The I said, have thinking. you seen how, how many guys in that top 30 have had less than 20 games? And then and then after that, have you seen how many have had 50 or 60 games? We've got no stars in that team. We were taking a punt on Jackson Hastings, who's turned out to be a godsend. Um, yeah. We've had our best player last year, Adam here out. I was raving we about had, him last year. I, I, I
0: told you guys. He's, <laughs> I was watching him. I knew he was yeah, a godsend. Yeah, and
1: Dane, Dane Laurie coming back from... Dane Laurie coming back from injury, Rob. So, you know, he was arguably yeah. our second best player. Like a lot of people couldn't split him and Adam last year. So I, I just said to Lee, like, how do you expect to, to be, be better? I said, what I'd like to see is the, is the squad develop and you guys add some players to it. But I said, you've got to give this guy a couple of years or, or cut him now. I said, you just can't be giving him another six months, another six months. And as I said, if we'd have kept him on and said, you know what, you got to the rest of the year, then what? then if we lose to manly or we lose to canterbury or we lose to new zealand the drums will beat again like you just got to have a vision guys you got to say is it, is this the right guy or not and obviously they didn't think he was but i don't think they know what the right guy and the or the wrong guy is anyway they'll be they'll be doing hoops to try and get seraldo who time will tell how that goes but I, I don't know i don't i don't know how you need a first grade coach to be a development coach the development comes from before they land in first grade you know that's what Nathan Cleary inherited. You know, so are they hiring Seraldo to be a Jersey flag coach or a New South Wales Cup coach, like where, where the players come from? I mean, it's it, by the time they get to first grade, they need to be ready-made players. Like, you look at Penrith, you see uh, Taylor May and uh, Targo, like the centre and the winger there. They just came in and went and boom, like they never missed a beat. You wouldn't think that they lost Matt Burton last year or Brian Toto for the first half of the season. So, you know, that development has to come from before you get to first grade. And when you get to first grade, you're ready to play, bang, uh, yeah. away you go. And I don't know how, how we get that with a guy being in top grade. If he's there for the development, well, he's not really developing anyone. They've got to come to first grade ready-made. So it should I, be I don't get the
0: argument. I'd be overseeing, not the, um, yeah, not the first grade coach, like you said. So
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe he could be doing you know like the junior pathways down the track with you know that uh betsy and camalia meant to be running so yeah I, i'm not sure mate i i like i say I, i'm I, I try and get as much information as i can but ultimately i'm not on the inside so i'm only taking other people's word for it but look it's just it's another shaky time again it seems like we're going to be starting with at least another two or a three-year plan or a five-year plan and Whatever happens the rest of this year or the rest of next year, oh, Seraldo or Flanagan or whoever it is, he's only had six months. He's only had 18 months. And, and we start that whole narrative again. So I, I just think there's a lot of fans that are frustrated, Rob. I don't know how long they're going to put up with it for. And, yeah, it's just, it's just really, really disheartening. And, and as a Westlife podcast, like Josh, Shane and myself, we're kind of like Dear Ruth you know, we're trying to we're trying to keep the fans upbeat and trying to give them hope. And then you're going to you go know, to the dark finish, side I, soon, mate. <laughs> mate, I keep, I keep saying to the boys, I keep saying to the boys, who's going to give us our therapy? You know, like we're trying to be really, and they're great listeners. They're great fans. They're always interacting with us. I'm always interacting with them on Twitter yeah. and what have you. It, it's it's great. Like I love the kind of Westlife family that we got. But you know, it's just frustrating. Like. at at the end of the day, they're just going to call you out and say, you know, Josh, Rob, Shane, you know, you guys are full of shit. (laughs) There's no light at the end of the tunnel, like what's going on? But I see some good things, mate. I see the signings we've made. I see like a a Jersey flag team that was undefeated last year, uh, a Harold Matt's team, or, you know, that was undefeated or won the comp this year. There's a lot of good kids coming through, and you just can't keep chopping their head coach off especially a good yeah. man like Michael yeah. Maguire, like maybe put the people yeah. around him, you know, yeah, which they seem totally to have like. club. It's very reflective of the
0: culture of your club, obviously. And I was happy with what I was seeing this year. You could see it was finally rubbing off that diehard attitude, that want wanting to win, you know what I mean? Like you could see it in the players throughout the majority of the year. They had a bad second half in the last game that was played. I know, you know, in light of everything else that's happened in the last three years, it looks bad and it's just compounded onto everything else that's happened. But in the context of the season, it was like you said last week on the pod shit, they're allowed to have a bad day. Like they're human beings. And that's what I mean.
1: they, they, they've been up for so long, Rob.
0: It's, uh, I just can't. <laughs> it's a cruel, it's a cruel gig, mate. Um, yeah, I feel for him. Uh, my problem is that. There's nothing else out there. I can't see any other coach available on the market who could have done any better with the same cards that was dealt to Michael McGuire over the course of 100%. his tenure at the club.
1: 100%. I, I could not agree more. And he was actually – Michael McGuire was actually blessed that he inherited Benji and Robbie, who one of the good yeah. things Ivan Cleary did was to get both of those guys back to the club. And I, I swear to this day, if Farrah doesn't get injured against Canterbury – late in the year, uh, we make the finals. Like, I've got, no, I've got no doubt in the world on that. Not only do, do we win a Canterbury game that week, we would have beaten Manly the following week, and we might not have even needed to beat Cronulla in the final round to make the eight. So I really do believe, you know, we we copped a cruel bit of fate there in, in Robbie Farrah getting injured. But but on the defence, Rob, like, a lot of the fans will say, you know, we, we've leaked, you know, so many points per game, et cetera, et cetera. How I like to try and look at it and look at it further, two of our poorer games... Uh, were round two against Newcastle and round five against Cronulla. Now, we could not have played worse in the first half against Cronulla. Like we literally just kept turning the ball over, turning, oh, sorry, against Newcastle, turning the ball over, turning the ball over. They scored a couple of fluky tries and the game was pretty much over shortly after half time, but we didn't capitulate. We kind of held it to roughly 20 no, nil or 24 nil, whatever the score line was. Now, the old Tigers would have lost 50 nil. And it was the same with Cronulla. You know, I remember Toa dropping a ball, hit like Dane Laurie had got COVID shortly before the game, but like Toa just had to play fullback all of a sudden on on no notice. Um, you know, David Nofaluma dropped a ball. I think Ken Mamalo dropped a ball. And we were down by a mile at half time, and the game only ended up 30 to 4 or 30 to six, or like with a Kenny Mamalo intercept right at full time. But they're the sort of games that previous bad Tigers teams would have had 50 or 60 put on them. And exactly. Yeah, so even if you see like big score lines, if you just pick up the score and saw you know twenty odd nil or thirty something to four, you'd just say, oh well, you know, where's the improvement? But if you actually watch the game, you think, well, hang on, the old team wouldn't have scrambled like that. And uh, people would just say, you know what, you're clutching at straws, or you're just trying to look at the positive. But it's actually the truth. Like it is. you know, you can tell when a team's having a go. If they were really turning it up, they'd have fifty or sixty put on them. Like like the Melbourne game last year when we lost uh, 66-16 or thereabouts. So it was, it was something like 50 to nil at half time and, and they scored a few tries shortly after halftime. They literally weren't putting any effort. It looked like a touch-footy game. Uh, I, I haven't yeah. seen that this year. So I, I don't um, know, man. Every, everyone, everyone you know what? The, the funny thing is, Rob, with all the fans whinging, <laughs> if somehow we beat Manly this weekend, no one will give a shit. <laughs> like I just say, good move, glad he's gone etc etc so let's hope we can get yeah, a positive and out the, of the a
0: entire the entirety of the last three years and in context of it all just be washed away and you know magic's kind of reputation will be tarnished in a sense so, oh well. yeah
1: uh, that's right but that, that's the simplicity of the rugby league fan isn't it like they really yeah. you know don't give a shit about anything else except wins and losses so which obviously it's the most important thing but you just gotta be a little bit of a realist like I don't know. Let, let's just see who they get in, Rob. I, I'm, that's my, you know. Just got to, we just got to make sure there's a couple of coaches that they definitely don't get. Um, you know, like geez, they get one Nathan Brown.
0: One will no, actually two now. Two will actually send me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <here's> the, <laughs> the other
0: second one. one? Became available this morning. <laughs> but um,
1: <laughs> yeah, Nathan Brown, you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Christ. Well, who's the first one? Who's the first one that'll bother you? Oh, Flano. I'm just not down for that, mate. I've just. Yeah, well, I'm not you, you might have to get. You might have to get ready, mate, because my mail is if we don't get Seraldo, we will be getting Flanagan.
0: Yes, yeah, when I, I, I'm anticipating that. When you said that he was at the um at the, uh, speaking to Sheen to the, Bulldogs game the other day, I was, Penny dropped a bit. I'm like, oh, shit, Flano hangs around them a lot.
1: <laughs> no, what the, Flano? It wasn't Flano. No, no, I, I don't know Flano. Yeah, They're I know, like, but so like Flano and... does
0: hang around there a lot, watching um young Kyle. And that would mean, I, I could just see so many moving pieces. Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, that's that's oh, imagine, another imagine rant and another therapy, know, therapy session to have later.
1: That would be, yeah, there'd be there'd be no therapy made. Like that, they, honestly, they'll burn down the Centre of Excellence. I'm telling you, <laughs> literally, <the> Tigers <laughs> fans will do what they did. To, they'll do what they did to Cumberland Oval in 1981 when power won their first Premiership. We'll just go burn the place down. Like right. seriously, I'll, just... I'll be
0: there with my pitchfork and petrol. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's only so much you can take, Rob. Like honestly, like it's just honestly, like I shouldn't be laughing. I should be crying. I really should.
0: I'd be like, if you don't, if if okay, Pascoe doesn't resign yeah. now, I'm burning this shit down. Um, that's how it's feeling to me.
1: Yeah. Well, when uh. when does he become accountable, mate? When 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 does he? He's been there seven years. Matt was there three and a half years. pasco has been there double that time. He's the one that so, signed yeah. those four or five blokes that I said. He's the one that he's the one that mucked up the Robbie Farah ambassadorship that cost us, you know, fines of six hundred odd grand and and salary cap space. He never gets made accountable for anything, mate. Absolutely anything. The coaches he's hired, the players he's hired, the mess he's made. But oh, you know what? Well, we're showing a profit, so everything's roses. You know, it, so you it doesn't work like up. that, mate. You need a CEO that understands both sides of the business, not just the financial side. And and yeah. I'm telling you, Rob, they're going to lose some sponsorship. They're not going to keep all their sponsors. Eventually, you can only sell shit for so long. If we keep finishing down near the bottom and the way we're perceived by the NRL world, you just can't keep flogging a dead horse. So I think his time comes up. And honestly, we need a bit of a clean sweep out of there, Rob. We need just a bit of a fresh look. Hypothetically, even if Justin Pascoe is doing a good job now in in the sponsorship area, there's still the stigma that he's a CEO. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for leaving the club in a better financial position. We're still dealing with the scars of what you had, your fingerprints on the football department. So see you later. Have a nice career wherever you're going. Yeah, exactly. Just like the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right.
0: Okay, bro. So we're back. Liverpool talk. So do you want to walk me through it, mate? So we had the UEFA League final and we had Liverpool taking on Real Madrid. How'd we go?
2: Yeah, it was. Look, the first half of that game was amazing. Um, we controlled it. We were all over them. Unfortunately, the keeper had an absolute blinder. Um... Yeah, I saw that in the highlights. Um, <laughs> Real Madrid, the keeper was on fire, dude it was ridiculous um you put in a performance like that you don't deserve to lose as much as it pains me to say but um it's been i don't know i think when you're playing in the premier league where it's not a one-off game like that you can the pressure does build um especially if you're playing against lesser players and pressure builds someone's bound to make another mistake but these guys are quality veteran players and They jagged that goal, which um, going through and actually looking at Madrid focused stuff, they actually ran that play a few times knowing that the Liverpool right back likes to go wandering and doesn't really defend very well. So it was something that worked on in training and um, they played that game to perfection really. And once they scored, they just kept the ball. It was. They look well drilled and well structured. Yeah. You come up against guys who are in their mid-30s who know how to play this game. Um, They didn't get flustered. They just kept the ball, kept it moving, and just kept pinging Liverpool pace. Um, That second half, I was stressing. But, yeah, you know what? As I said, when a team has one shot on target all game and score from it, it leaves you feeling filthy. But... um, we had one hell of a season. We played every single game available to us in the entire calendar year, So, well in the yeah. season. So. It's the first time it's, it's been insane, done. It. Man. Finishing two from four is not bad, man. It's not bad at all.
0: Mate, um, four
2: games all year. Yeah. I'll tell you what,
0: um, the Secret Service should really consider hiring that goalie, man. He'd be stopping bullets, <laughs> dude. He'd catch bullets, man. That guy was insane, man. Like, I
2: swear, some of the saves were just – they're just yeah, gone. Yeah, right. Like just they're right. But... A few there, I've gone up thinking that's hitting the back of the old onion bag, and he just pulls out an absolute yeah, blind yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, uh... it is depressing. It's disappointing, but um, yeah, we still won two trophies last season, so it was. You see, it's one of those things. If he had said to me, he "Would finish." second in the league one point behind man city win two cups and get all the way to the end of like end of the season coming second in the champions league i would have been happy about it yeah um especially from where we were last season with all the injuries and not knowing whether or not our players are going to come back um yeah it's depressing Sorry to make you relive it,
0: bro. Sorry to make you relive it. Okay, that's so it. that's pretty much the end of um, the season as well for football now, isn't it? Til, that's uh, it. Till
2: That's it. It's, um, still, it's still the it's season nothing.
0: starts now. We've got it late, but it's all right. We'll get on it early next time. Um, I believe you'll be running your own Liverpool pod in the future. There's on here, guy. on the Bounce of the Ball Network. So there's,
2: more to come to- about that. There's talks about it. It's in the works. It's in the works. It's in the works. All good. Okay. So. Just got to get you watching more football, but.
0: Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Time's precious, brother. Time's precious,
2: you know. Stop watching the NBL and you'll be all right.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So we'll have a look now. Uh, just going to finish off actually with some origin predictions so we have origin coming up tomorrow night new south wales and queensland the teams are pretty interesting i think um on paper i'd have to lean towards queensland but being a blues supporter you know um, born bred new south wales i can't not pick new south wales um i think it's actually considered a crime down here so yeah you're a neutral in the whole thing, so you can pick whoever you want. No, um, man. who are you
2: going to go with, mate? I'm so not neutral, bro. So
0: no neutrality
2: not. here, no, no, got it back. I'm a New South Welshman, mate. That's the way, brother. This is what I like to hear. Gotta be, mate. Been living in New South Wales half my life. How can I not be? You would have been, you would have moved here during the dominant period as well, hey? Yeah, 2005. Oh, oh
0: my god! Yep. Wow. I mean, yeah. And to choose to follow New South Wales through all that—that's that's that's respect, bro. That's respect. Man, okay. How can you not back the stage eleven? I can't call you a glory hog now because only glory hogs would have followed Queensland through that period. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all about New South Wales, man. All about that. Okay, so we're both we're both back in the blues then on Wednesday night. Okay, so we also have the NBA finals playing out um, over the next rest of the next fortnight, uh, possibly maybe just the next week, depending on how things go. Um, mm-hmm. What are your predictions,
2: mate? Golden State and seven. Golden State and seven. Okay. Yep. And I, was- I can tell you why.
0: Okay, you do that first before I tell you mine. How the hell can I ever back the Celtics?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, fuck. Uh, that it feel like a war crime to you. Mate, I can't <laughs> draw-
2: <laughs> Nice. I'd rather shit in my hands and clap, in all honesty. <laughs> I'd rather shit
0: brother oh the <clears> mental <throat> imagery that just got conjured <laughs> up from that statement <laughs> yep oh okay
2: i'm a fan. Enough. i'm a fan. Uh, it's
0: like um poor ex- old, uh, bill russell in his bed even when he was winning in them 11 chips he's still fine a good old amber turd lying in his bed every morning <laughs> I couldn't resist. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I'm going to actually choose. (laughs) I might choose the Celtics, actually. Um, It pains me to, to do it, actually. It pains me to pick either team. But I think the Celtics defensively will be better over... They'll play four stronger games defensively that they'll need to to win the series, I think. Oh, man. I, I'm It's going sorry. to be tough. It's I'm going to sorry. be really tough. It's going to be I close games if they win. Um, And the other thing is, too, if they are close games, I back the Celtics 100%. I don't think the Warriors are a clutch team. That may be controversial. But if you have a look at them statistically... And, you know, at their record, they generally blow teams off the court in the third quarter and they've won the game. Steph, everyone was surprised this year when Steph sunk his first ever um, buzzer beater. And everyone's like, surely that can't be his first. It's like, yeah, he's usually sitting on the bench at that time with about 10 minutes left in the game because they've destroyed the opposition in the third quarter with that massive surge they do. Yeah. So if that can be counteracted and they're pushed right to the last play of the game, my money is on the Celtics every day of the week. I just think they're better in clutch time and they have more pieces that work better in clutch time. I think Clay's probably the most clutch player on the Warriors at the moment. Um, Yeah. I know it sounds a bit weird, but I don't actually see Steph as a clutch player. I see him as an assassin and one of the world's best shooters, but um, in pressure building pressure boiler situations, he's generally, yeah, not, I don't know. I just don't think he's the most reliable player in comparison
2: to other superstars. <clears throat> just my take. Look, I, I, I think we all seem to forget the games where won, like the one, like that couple series where Steph was hands down the best player on the court when they won their first two chips. Yeah. Uh, well, for Golden State perspective, anyway. Literally playing against someone who, at that time, was a toying cost between him and KD to be the best player in the world. And let's not forget how good a player Steph is. Defensively, yeah, he ain't, he ain't great, but... We never see it, actually, but yeah. I, I just think we all forget just how good a player Steph is. Um and I think there's something that needs to be said about crafty or older players as well. Um, everyone's bang on about Celtics' D, but as I said, the Warriors can play D, and that was the best thing. They had Mark Jackson, and they were awful. Offensively, under Jackson, they were pretty good. And then Kerr's come in, and look at the change there. They got better offensively and better defensively. They are a really good team, and I think we need to Respect them and respect their game and their knowledge, and they know how to shut out games. And if their shots are falling, how do you stop it? All like that blew them out in game one. They sh- like in that fourth quarter, as you said, I think you said – Eight he minutes. Quiet, eight minutes. Eight minutes without a bucket. <clears throat> eight minutes. They went cold as yeah, – so. yeah. So that's what's going to do it. And I just don't think you can keep them quiet for five games straight. No, it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult. And if a guy like Jimmy Buckets can take him to the wire into to a game seven on his own, you're trying to tell me that Steph, Clay, Draymond, um like they have a good team. I I just don't think yeah, if it was a five on five game, you'd probably argue that the um <clears throat> I don't want to say the name. But um, you probably argue that they could keep him quiet if it's just a five-man game, but it's not. Look at their bench. They've got more coming off the bench. I just think offensively you can't keep them quiet for five games, man.
0: All fair points, bro. All fair points. Okay, so you've got the Warriors in seven and I have the Celtics in seven. I think it's going to go seven either way. I think Okay. So. Yeah. Okay, so that money? is
2: – sorry, bro. I said we're we going to put money on it. Oh, if you want. Or do we just put it into a sports bet thing? Each of us take a punt either way and at least have bookies.
0: We'll work it out off air. We'll work it (laughs) out. (laughs) I'll put a pineapple on it. Okay.
2: Good old pineapples, eh?
0: Okay. So that does us for the week. Uh, If you're listening to us on Spotify, please remember to give us a five-star review and share us on the socials with your friends. If you're watching us on YouTube, please remember to like our videos and to subscribe to our channel. Uh, Okay, bro. Thanks again for your time. Um, I'll talk to you again soon.
2: No worries. I'll catch you soon. Okay. Too easy.
0: Peace out, people. See you later.